Foundational Thoughts, the podcast, the Missouri Baptist Foundation. My name is Neil, your host, and today we're talking really in part three of a multi-part series, uh, uh, multiple episodes here on the podcast with Richard Baker, and we're talking with Richard about all things finances. And Richard, thanks for joining us again today. You're very welcome. And we're going to move into another topic. It's a topic that I'm becoming more interested in as I get older and older, and that's the, uh, the issue of retirement. And you happen to have written a book called Biblical Retirement. Yes, sir. And um, you are a financial uh, person who's got a great deal of experience in finances, helping people, a financial advisor, financial coach, also a pastor at heart. And we've talked about, you know, giving the 10%. We've talked about living off the 90%. And then we're talking about debt in our last podcast. And today we're going to talk about retirement. And I would assume those first topics kind of impact retirement as well, don't they? What, what was your premise of writing the book, Biblical Retirement? You know, really because I see so many people in my practice, all mm-hmm. my clients, they do well, but a lot of people at church struggle okay. and struggle greatly because they're just not astute financially. They make poor financial decisions. They're over, they're over the barrel in debt, and they just can't save for retirement, and it's a struggle. And, and I really wanted to be able to say, listen, I've, I've told you, I can't, I don't have time to sit and meet with every single person I'm in relationship with. Right. But I can put it out there, and, and they can use the resources. And so you did some exhaustive research on that, and you came up with some topics. And so I, I think the book is called Biblical Retirement. So I guess I've got to ask the question, is retirement biblical? You know, I didn't think that was a big deal, but I guess it is. Once I started researching it, uh, there there is a problem with a lot of believers who think that retirement is that biblical. Okay. And I think that's the problem, is that they think that it's, it's something that sounds sinful, Okay. On, I mean, you've got two different range of most of the religious people are like, absolutely, I'm retiring. Okay. <laughs> Don't know if God says about it, but I'm doing it. <laughs> right. And then you got others who are like, you know, I think we're supposed to, you know, always keep going. Okay. As a matter, I did a, a survey at a at a seminary, one of our Southern Baptist seminaries, and asked 15 professors, you know, is retirement biblical? All 15 said no. Really? Every one of them. And then my second question was are you currently saving in a retirement plan? And all 15 said, yes. I mean, so there's a problem is, is confusion is they feel in their gut theologically, we can't do it, but they know they have, they have, they've seen their peers. They've seen their family that life's going to come to a point where you can't work. You need to have something set aside. So I believe retirement is absolutely biblical. And so what do you mean by retirement? Because when I'm thinking retirement, I'm thinking the classic American retirement, which used to be in our country, you work. You started working in the factory or working the job, and then you retired at sixty-five, and then you went fishing, and uh, <laughs> went or fishing. whatever it is you're doing, yeah. and you don't live very long after that. Back in the olden days, you died maybe by sixty-seven, seventy, seventy-two. Right now, we we're talking about multiple issues here because I want to find out is the, the model is not that anymore in America. Right. So first of all, I'd say, I believe that the American model, the idea of American retirement is sinful. Okay. I mean, to just quit and just be a cash potato or just to travel of vast lands of America in an RV that you shouldn't be driving anyway because <laughs> you can't drive a vehicle normally in an <laughs> right. RV. In the Branson area, we see that. But, yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, I think that's sinful. I think what the Lord really taught us to do is to come to a point in our life where we can't work, okay. and then we pull back, but we continue to serve. Okay. But I, I think, first of all, you're, let me just follow up and say I think you're yeah. right. I 
read a book from Alan Gotthard called The Eternity Portfolio. And he describes a problem that you're, you, in, you insisted on, and that is that America's changed. And the old America, where people would work for 30, 40 years for one company, they had a pension plan, they would just pay you to quit working, you retire, and you make the same amount of money. Right. And that, that's, that's changed. That's wrong. But they would retire at 65, and then they would die in their early 70s. So, you know, six, seven years in retirement, and then they would die, and it wasn't a big deal. Because the company could handle that, that handle organization. That. And investing that. in inflation weren't a problem. Okay. I mean, things are changed. I mean, right. medical advancements, uh, man, people are living, basically people are living too long. I, I, I'm, I'm thankful to the Lord for that. But financially, mm-hmm. they're living way longer than they ever anticipated and their, than their savings allowed. And we've already seen a lot of companies move away from that pension plan yeah. where we're going to guarantee you this amount of money Absolutely. to another kind of a system that will put some money in there for you. And yeah. then it, with the ex, with unless the, unless you're an educator or you work for the government, you, you just don't have a pension anymore. You've right. got to save for yourself. Those are the only two places that we can find that. Right. Uh, and those are in really good. If you're a teacher currently or a government worker, you're you may be really well. Except eventually the government may face the same kind of issues because we've been relying also on something called social security. Right. And the question of what that's going to be. Uh, but we're looking at and seeing this model that you're not going to live to seventy or seventy-two. You're probably going to live to 90, right? and you're going to spend a lot of your income. I was reading something recently that you spend most of your money on your medical care in the last couple of years of life as opposed to the rest of your life. Absolutely. And the cost of that, the cost of long-term care, insurance, and nursing homes, and all those kind of things, the model that we have built is not going to work to it's work for work. 30 years and live well, to 90. First of all, I mean, there's a couple of problems with that. First of all, people don't work at one place for 30, 40 years anymore. Okay. I mean, right now, yeah. average retirees have worked for six, seven, eight places. Wow. They, there's no pension. Their, their companies are going to pay them anything to stop working, and, get, and they don't do that anymore. So basically, we have a retirement gap. we got a problem that anything we have, because now it's in 401Ks, 403Bs, where if you do nothing, you have zero in it. You have to save. Anything that you're going to have at the last season of your life is because you saved it in an earlier season of your life. Now that is a huge transition because we have assumed that someone was going to pay us. Right. They're the government through the Social Security, my employer, and when I retire, there's going to be a check that comes in. It's not going to be quite like that. I think it's kind of like smoking. Okay. Uh, before, I mean, I think everybody smoked when, when we were kids, and it wasn't a big deal. And then now we're starting to see the effects, and now my kids think it's e- almost equivalent to cocaine or something. <laughs> they, I mean, the schools have really convinced them that smoking is terrible, and it is terrible. Right. But it takes another generation to go through that before we start teaching the next generation. Our problem now with finances is our parents. Uh, you and I are similar age. Our parents... They had pensions. Mm-hmm. So we didn't see them model saving in their retirement. We didn't have that model to us. So we're going to have to go through in our generation a painful retirement so that our children will see that and make the changes. Well, then how do we make it as least painful as possible for me? That's what I'm yeah. concerned <laughs> about. What's in it for me, Richard? Yeah. <laughs> it, it basically, it's our savings. So it, first, I believe it is absolutely biblical. I, I think in First Timothy chapter 5, 8, when it says, anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially their own household, has denied the faith faith and is worse than unbeliever. Let me unpack that just a little bit okay, for you, because I think please. that affects us. I think the, the word provide has a verb meaning of do something arranged for beforehand. So basically what that means is we need to be thinking about what your wife, your children, what they need in the future beforehand. So plan, make provision before it gets there.
And what do you think that plan needs to encompass when you're saying, let's make a plan for that? How do, right. how do we make that plan? What, do we should, what should we be planning for? We don't know what the world's going to be like. I mean, we know what the right. scripture says it's going to be like. What are some of the things that when you talk to people to say, you need to be considering these things now? Yeah. So uh, in the same way like we used to do, so if you and I were going to drive to Seattle, and we used to print out the maps, right? right. We print out the maps. Okay, right. well, we're going to have a hotel here. We've got okay. to eat here. We, we'd actually have a plan for the trip. Now we just put in our phone and take off. <laughs> but we just have to have a plan in okay. the same way for retirement. Okay, stop and plan this journey because it's a journey. And so what do you do? How much money is it going to take? What's it going to cost in Seattle? Are the hotels differently? Are they more expensive there? Is it cost of living? What is it going to be different on this trip? It is now. So think that through. Okay. First thing is I think people should have a budget for today's money. Mm. But I think the biggest thing you can do is to stop, spend time with your spouse, and to do a budget, not for now, but for retirement. So the first year of retirement, do a budget. How much wow. are we going to spend on traveling? How much are we going to spend on health care? A lot of my people, experts have been saying for years, you need 80% of your income. Right. And I've found that not to be true with a lot of my retirees. They need 90 to 100% of their their final salary because what they used to pay in house payments, they now pay in healthcare. Okay. The now healthcare is you out did, of whack. You just have to stop right there. Cause that is, that is a game changer. It in, is in my thinking. 20%. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you know, budget 80% of what you make right now, you're going to be fine. Put 15% away in a retirement plan with your company. You're going to be fine. Or 10%, I think is what it used to be. 10% put in 10% there. And then, but now you're saying that I'm, if I haven't purchased a house, I'm not even going to need a house payment. I'm going to need equal amount for my medical care and in my coverage. First of all, you cannot have a house payment in retirement. You just can't. It's just going to be nearly impossible unless you have a great inheritance, nearly impossible to have a house payment or a lease payment and have a health care payment. I have some clients spending thirty to forty thousand dollars in health care per year, and it's just hard for the normal American people to be able to withstand that kind of payment. Wow! And so, when you're talking retirement, we're not we're not thinking of quitting and just sitting around doing nothing, expecting somebody else to pay for us. Mm-hmm. You're saying in retirement that biblical retirement is is kind of like me taking preparing myself for that day that I know that I can't work. I think, first of all, just to finish off the theological yeah, theological yeah. side of it, is I think what Moses talks about in Numbers chapter 8 is he talks about how the priests, they are to retire and then to assist those. Mm. And so in, in Acts chapter 8, verse 23, 26. And so I think, first of all, to become a couch potato doesn't glorify God in anything that we're doing, unless sure. the Cardinals in the World Series, but that's a limited <laughs> time. Other than that, I mean, I think it's, it's just a waste. And so I think what a, a biblical retirement is, saving... Okay. And being prepared, being responsible for yourself. So anything that your family's going to need in retirement is because you've saved for them. But also having yourself physically and financially set up that you can continue to serve in the church, in the in the food shelter or whatever it is, but continue to be an asset to the kingdom, to minister for free. Because we've got to right now earn money to prepare for that day. Right. And so for some people... I did some research on that baby boomer generation and this thing that was going to make a world of difference. And this encore generation, they were talking about how many people wanted to give back to ministry, to give back to church. And, and there were so many, a huge percentage of people are willing to do that. But you can only do that if, if you've you been it. able to <laughs> take care of yourself, right? both financially and physically, in order to serve. So the, the idea of just doing nothing is not a biblical retirement. 
but having prepared yourself in order, I love that passage that you just quoted, to then serve and assist others, Absolutely. that really ought to be our goal. It should be our goal. Our, our ministry, kingdom growing, does not change. Our call doesn't change because of our age. Our call doesn't change because of our retirement or our employment status. What changes is how that funding comes. Is it coming from an employer, a W-2, or is it coming from a 1099 because you're taking it out of retirement savings? And so this is kind of a multiple motivation in, in what you're trying to give us. It's not a you're going to starve to death, though that may be possible. It's possible. It's really significantly possible yeah. for a lot of people that they don't realize. But it's even more than that. It's serving during those times yeah. that you are not able to afford to serve because you've got to earn a living now. I don't think anybody's going to – I mean, I guess there's some people who will starve to death. But most people in America, I mean, we're, we're very wealthy. We're going to be okay. But the problem is we're not going to thrive. Mm-hmm. Is our witness going to be? What's our witness going to be in that last season of our life? Is going to be, well, they totally mismanaged everything. No. Is it going to be glorifying to God in everything we do? Are, are we able to have a lifestyle and have lived under our means for so long and saved that now we're now able to maintain our lifestyle and continue to serve or even better, be an even better service, increase our, able, our availability to our church or other ministries or missions or anywhere else? Is it too late to make that change? I don't think it's ever too late to make that change. Does that mean you may have to retire at a later date? Possibly. But a lot of people don't get to choose a retirement date. I mean, there's a huge percentage of people that, first of all, physically, they aren't able to continue to work. They have to stay home and stroke or heart attack or just whatever it is, diabetes. Or their spouse does. they got to become a, a support to them and to nurse them. So even the best laid plan sometimes won't come yeah. about. But if we've not made the planning but really, the planning needs to start today, wherever Absolutely. we are. You know, if we're 20, we'd be doing things a little bit differently than if we're 50. Right. But we got to be doing something. Absolutely. Figure out what you're going to be able to act your wage. Figure out what you can do in retirement and start working towards that. And have a plan. Just like you're planning a long trip, figure out what you can do and what you're going to need along the way to get there. Have a goal. Don't just say, let's start driving down the highway and we'll get there when we get there. No. Have a plan and prepare it. And a lot of that plan you're saying starts from making a decision today to begin to start thinking about in the future. Because if you wait till you get there, right. hotels are sold out in Seattle. Right. You don't have the money that's necessary, using your example. It's got to start today. You've got to have a target. If you don't know what you're aiming at, you're not going to hit it. And, and how do you help people it. find that target? Is there a you number know. out there? Is it $15 million you need? Is it a million dollars? What do people need? They're going to need... They need, I, I usually figure whatever their balance is, they've got a million dollars. And that sounds like an enormous amount of money, but it's not. But if you've got a million dollars, I figure interest only, they ought to be able to live off four and a half, five percent. So four and a half percent. So if they have a million dollars, they should be able to have interest of $45,000 a year in income. Okay. If you can get a million dollars and if you retire right now, you're great. But as cost of living continues to increase, you're going to need a lot more than $45,000. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing I just want to say that scares Please. me the most. Okay. What scares me the most of, about this is people aren't thinking about two things. Inflation, the cost of things going up. Is, is gas prices the same as they were 20 years ago? No. no. But the other thing is people aren't living so much longer. And here's a statistic. Um, of a person who's 65 years old, they have a, the male has a 93% chance of living to age 70, so pretty high. A female has a 96% of living to age 70. Okay. To age 80. The male has a 71% chance. The female, 81% chance of making it to age 80. So if you're 65, are, 81% yeah. chance of making it you're, to 85 you're, you're, you're a female. It. Okay. But here's the one that scares me. Okay. Of a 90, so a 65-year-old person right now, 
a male has a 33% chance of making it to age 90. A female has 44% chance. But here's what gets me. Of the two, there is a 63% chance that one of them will make it to age 90. And people are not preparing themselves to live that long. There is a 36% chance that every 65-year-old couple, that one of them will live to age 95. And most of them have not been saving earlier in their lives. They've not been saving for 30 years. And you just think about the math. You can't work for 30 years and save 10% and expect it to to last 30 years at much higher cost of living because of Mm. inflation. The math just doesn't work. Prepare for inflation. Prepare for living longer than you expect. Wow. Dad, you've given us a lot to think about uh, on this podcast, Richard. And and, and where, do you, where can a person go to start getting some advice, to getting to, to, to look on the Internet? I mean, I know the Internet's fraught with all kinds of, all kind of bad things, but, but for that person who goes, man, i got to do something today, what would you say to them? Yeah, the first thing I would say is you don't need to go anywhere. You okay. need to look at your checkbook. <laughs> and so the first decision, before I take a trip, i got to get in the car. And to get in the car, you've got to figure out where you're at right now. You have to first begin to start getting your expenses and your your life under control so that you can save more and then figure out how much you can save and how much you need to save because that will decide whether you need to reduce your lifestyle even more to get to that point where you can save at the level you need to have that lifestyle. Second thing I would say is look at your own family. What's longevity in your family? And if everybody strokes out at age 62, then that's a different story than some of them who've got a 95-year-old grandmother now who's still playing cards every day, you know? <laughs> I mean, so figure out your own life. What does it work? And add time onto that because technology is still improving. Wow. Well, here's what's amazing about this. We have no reason to fear. We're not trying right. to scare anybody to, to make an investment or anything like that. Right. Uh, we're just asking people and warning them to say, hey, if this is coming. You need to be prepared today. The Lord has given us enough resources to have a great life and a great retirement. We just need to manage it well. And that's just make good decisions. Un-American, as it may seem, live less, live on less than what you make. Wow. Richard, thanks for joining us today on Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. We'll come back again with another uh, edition with Richard giving us more advice on finances. Thanks for joining us today. Mm-hmm.